after FTX happened. I was telling people, oh, I'm working in crypto now. This is what I'm... These are people that have known me for years and they're saying, oh, you're working in that scam now, huh? I'm a retired cop, I'm an attorney, you know me like for 10 years, why would you assume I'm working in any scam? I'm sure you get that too. Yeah, I'm a complete scammer. I don't even tell people what to buy. Now, what are the different steps when it comes to trademarking? Apple has that little apple with the bite. When you see the little apple with the bite, you think of apples. I just assume yeah. that you go out there and you trademark, but now you're saying there's different types. Any, almost anything can be trademarked. A good example of differences, NBC chimes that they have, or like MGM has like the lion's roar, that's a sound mark. Yes. Barbie pink, that's actually a trademark. Wow. Like you can't use it. You know, even my girlfriends who were like, you know, why are you into this stuff? Well, how long do you have? We're so focused on the technology behind the product. They don't understand what you're talking about. Let's be simple. Let's be clear. I solved this problem using crypto and you. <laughs>to another episode of Girl in the Verse, the video podcast, the place to be if you are new to Web3 or curious about crypto. I am your fave content creator, Girly, who is asking all the right questions so we don't have to get too technical if that's not for you. Before we get started, I do have a small favor to ask. Our latest episode has already guarded over 100 eager viewers like you, yet we are missing something super, super crucial that helps the YouTube algorithm know that you love this, which is like, subscribe, and hit that notification bells down here. Drop a comment down below so I can bring in more and more guests as we continue doing this podcast. Now, today I am joined by Pablo, the founder of SideHustle.Law, which is your legal partner for your side hustle. He is a member of the NYS Bar Association Task Force for Digital Finance and Currency, where he educates attorneys on emerging technologies like Web3, blockchain, and AI. Now, in addition to all of that, Pablo also serves as a legal advisor to Nettyworth. Pablo, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm finally glad we get to actually didn't have a, a conversation together. You know, it's awesome. Normally I see you and it's like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Here, go see you. Gotta go to the next one. And so now we get to sit down and talk. So I love it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I know. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here as well. I'm always like, I have these core people in the back of my head every single day that I'm like, I want them to come on the show. And I felt like this was the perfect timing for you and for me to be talking about something that I think a lot of people in Web3, but even those who are not in Web3, right? People yeah. who just are starting businesses, people who are just starting out, people who are like thinking about their brand colors on social media, people yeah, oh, forget yeah. about this <laughs> crucial part, which is trademarking. And right. I couldn't think of a better time right now than to talk about this. So Pablo, maybe to start this off, why should anyone, right? Anyone who's like just starting to think I have an idea, right? That person who's mm -hmm. like, I think I have an idea. Why should they be thinking about trademarking their product or business? Awesome. Yes. Um, so trademark is something, trademarking is something that I've like fallen in love with, right? Uh, one, because I understand the power of branding and what that really means, right? Uh, I've been, you know, my, my wife works in marketing. She's been working in marketing for 20 years. So I hear this 24 seven, what a brand is, how to build it. That's all I know, right. From her. Um, I, I know more than that, of course. Uh, but the main part, the main point of trademarking is that it enhances your brand credibility, 
right? Let's start there. There's a few reasons. That's number one. Uh, with uh, there was a study that's been done. I'm going to say it was by the USPTO. It might have been another industry. I don't remember what the who created the study, but it found that over 82% of consumers favor known brands, right? You know that brand. That's what you're going to work with. That's what you're going to buy. That that makes sense, right? Uh, trademarks help that. Trademarks also provide you with legal protection against infringements, um, which is a much easier way for you to sue in federal court if you have a trademark as opposed to if you don't have the trademark. You have to then prove, right, that you own the mark. And there's a lot more further process you have to get there with that. Uh, the last reason I'm going to say, too, is that it adds significant value to your business as an intangible asset. So, in other words, if you're going through a fundraising and you're trying to get investments for your company, right, or you're going to you have the, uh, the blessing to go pro uh, public and be right an IPO or something like that. Um, this helps that process because it adds. Um, a higher percentage that you're going to secure uh, venture capital. It's like 35% more uh, that if you have the trademark that you will actually get venture capital as opposed to if you don't. So the way I see it, it's, you know, hiring an attorney like me, it's a little bit over $1,000 and that's really it. And you get all of these benefits to it. If you don't hire me and you go about the route on your own, do it because at least you get those benefits even without the attorney. Now, maybe... Explain to us, because, you know, when I was first starting on my business and now that I'm helping a ton of creators launch their businesses or start selling yeah. products, I always yeah. go back to your trademark, but also like securing your business name. And I cannot tell you when I was first starting out and I see this with creators all the time, they just think as long as I secure my name on Instagram, I'm good. Or like, as long as I'm securing my handle on X or threads or yeah. YouTube, I'm good. Explain to us why, like, that's just not yeah, enough. It's, it's not. Um, so basically it's like, that's part of the process, right? Definitely like securing domain names, securing your Instagram, your socials, all of that. It's part of it, but it's not the entire process because uh, what you have to do is that you really need to be able to start your search, right? And it has to be, uh, you can go for free. You can go right now to USPTO.gov. Uh, there's a system called TESS, T-E-S-S, -S, right? You go there, you put in whatever you want, and it gives you uh, the search results as to if it's been trademarked or not. In the past, it was trademarked before. And it's a really simple tool that anybody can use right now, right? So the process of like securing domain names, securing your social medias, it doesn't cover the whole thing because you can actually uh, be trademarked and, you know, maybe you're in silence, right? Uh, there's different applications that we'll get into that you can file for trademarks. I can go file for a trademark something right now that I've never released, that I haven't put out yet, right? And maybe I'm planning to put it out in the near future. And it just so happens that, well, you already have the the uh, the domain name and you already have the Instagram name, but maybe I filed that application a year ago, months ago, right? And I really own it. So it's a little bit more than just securing a domain name and it's actually being able to um, license it afterwards, right? Like there's a whole bunch of different uh, benefits for it as opposed to not having it. Now, what are the different steps when it comes to trademarking? Or the different type, or, or, or I don't know, because I feel like you already told us about the steps, but if you want to go deeper into the steps, yeah. and then maybe yeah. also tell us about the types. Yeah, yes. I don't even know there were different the, Yeah, so it's, it's a, I mean, I'm, I'm a complete nerd with this, right? So we can talk about it the whole day. Um, so basically, like, the requirements, let's start there. Like, what with the steps, right? Like, what are the requirements that you need 
to have a trademark, right? To get approved for the trademark. There's two real um, reasons, right? Two real main uh, requirements. One is distinctiveness and the other one is use in commerce, right? Distinctiveness just means that your trademark sets you apart from another business, right? It's distinct. When people see it, they know it's related to your company, right? Apple has that little apple with the bite. When you see the little apple with the bite, you think of apple. You don't think of an apple field, right? Um, use in commerce, which means that according to what's called the, the Lanham Act, which is really the base of legality for all of this information, um, your trademark needs to be either used in commerce right now or you have a genuine intent to use it in the near future, right? So those are actually two different applications. It's intent, which is uh, the 1B application, which means you're going to use it, or 1A, which means I've already been selling this for a year or two, I'm, I'm using it already in commerce. And that's obviously a quicker uh, application, right? Um, a quick, like, brief understanding of the process, it's basically that uh, you would do the search, right, as we mentioned already, um, you determine what's what appropriate class you want to file for. So with Apple, great example. Um, Apple, let's say they file for the class based on technology, based on software, based on what they're doing in the in the tech field, right? They're not selling apples, right? They're not doing Apple T-shirts. They're not doing uh, Apple, yeah. I don't know, hair products, right? So you can actually have Apple hair products. Because you're not, it's not, it's, it's distinct, it's different. You're not confusing with Apple, the technology software company, right? Uh, you file the application, you pay for the fees, and then it takes a while. You basically hurry up and wait. Uh, you have to wait for an examiner to actually um, examine your mark and examine what you're doing, right? That takes a couple of months. Um, altogether, the process is about eight to 12 months. Uh, a wait for a publication in the Gazette, which means that um, it's a notice to the world that you're filing this trademark, and it gives the opportunity 30 days for anybody else to actually fight you on it and say, I created that first, right? Uh, you receive, if you go through all that process and you're pretty good, there's a 90, 95% chance you're going to get your trademark, and then you have it, you own it, it's yours. And then it's a matter of renewing it, which is like every five years, 10 years along that lines. And then quickly, the different types. I always like to say. I had no yeah. clue that there were different types of trademarks. Yeah. I just assumed yeah. that everyone just, you go out there and you trademark. But now you're saying there's different types. Any, almost anything can be trademarked, right? Let's leave it at that. A good example of differences, right? You have uh, your standard character marks. In other words, um, Pablo, right? I'm going to file the name Pablo. That's it. There's nothing distinct. There's no... Uh, fonts or specific type of lettering, it's just Pablo, right? That's the name of my company. I'm filing that. That's a character mark, a standard mark. Then you have like stylized and design marks, which means that I'm going to file Pablo with this specific font. The P is a specific way I'm going to do it, right? Then you have things called like sound marks. So think about like NBC or like the, the, the chimes that they have, right? Or like MGM has like the lion's roar before a, a film, right? That's a sound mark, yes. right? Then you have colored marks. So like Barbie pink, it's that's actually a trademark. Like you can't use it, right? Because Barbie pink owns that. They came wow. up with it. They own that. And yes. then you have like shape marks. So shape marks are like consider uh, the Coca-Cola bottle. The shape of the Coca-Cola bottle, you can't use it. It's trademark. So there's really anything that you, know, that you can wow. prove distinctiveness and that you use in commerce um, really can be trademarked, which is what's awesome about this, about the whole process. How do you choose your type of trademark? Like, obviously, 
if I'm, if I'm a business, which I'm using my name for my content creation, but yeah. also everything else I'm yeah, doing, yeah. I might not go yeah. for a trademark for right, sounds. Exactly. How do I choose? Yeah, that's the thing. How do you choose? How do I choose yeah. the right type of trademark? Okay. Think about it this way. What makes your brand distinct? Like the most, right? If it's, um, just the name, right. Then if there's like, for example, if you're going to file a name, right. And it's just the name of the company, but you don't have a logo attached to it. You don't have any real stylization. You're not in love with your logo. You don't really know what you're going to do with the logo. That may change every year. That may change in five years. You don't know. Then just file the name because if you know, this is your business name, you've created the business name already, right. Um, and you know, this is what you're doing business as this is what you're going to grow your community as file the name. If you have a logo attached to it, which is like the swoosh from Nike, you don't think of Nike on its yeah. own. You think of Nike and you think of the swoosh attached to it. Right. So then you should file the actual like logo mark as well. Right. Because you're going to attach this, right? Like a design mark, you're going to attach this to the name Nike and you're using that all the time then you do that. And then if it's the sound piece, right, where we're just talking about a specific sound as part of the company, then you do the sound. But I think what you really have to, you really have to, to sit down and think about is like, am I in love with my logo? Did I put tons of energy into this logo? Did I spend ton, tons of money on this logo? If so, let's file the logo mark. If it's just that, well, I didn't do the logo yet, but I put tons of time and energy and money into my business name, then let's just do the business name and focus on that completely. Now, as we're saying business name, I'm also mm. thinking here, I've told my students in the Creativeverse Hub to also look at getting an LLC. Now, is yeah. that, that is also nothing to do with a trademark, right? Because you can have a business, but it doesn't mean you have your trademark. Yeah, they're, they're, they're two di completely different um, animals, right? And reasons, right? Uh, a trademark, you have a trademark to be able to uh, enforce your rights on the actual name of the company or the mark to make sure nobody else uses it. An LLC, which I advise, you know, I got two cats and I'm about to put an LLC into both of them. Like everybody needs an LLC uh, because an LLC, what it does is that it creates a, a layer of protection for you that you wouldn't have if you didn't have the company. For example, you can go out and create a full company, right? And sign all of your contracts in your name and unfortunately, if you get sued, if something happens to that company, they could take your house because you're signing it as the individual, as the person. If you sign it as uh, the LLC, right, Pablo the LLC, they can only come, uh, you know, if you don't commit any criminal acts, which is a whole other story, um, then what happens is that they can only come after the assets of the actual business. So if that house is in your business name, yeah, they could take it. But if it's under my personal name, the court can't do anything about that. So the, they're, they're different, yeah. right? But they work well with each other. And I always suggest that if you're in business, you need both. You need the LLC um, to protect the liability of your, just your life. And then you need the trademark to protect the name and the mark of the company itself. Okay, that makes sense. How do you protect your trademark yeah. from infringement? Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, you have to monitor it. I mean, it's a matter like, we do a lot of that too, where it's a matter of just uh, monitoring who's going to, who's actually using it. And it's not easy. It's, it's difficult. Um, because what you have to do is basically like I've, I'm signed up to the Gazette, right. That comes out of the USPTO's office who handles all of this. So I read it every Tuesday, Tuesday night, even though I'm super tired, coming back from playing softball or something. 
And I read it because I want to see like, okay, are any of the people that I've actually filed trademarks for, right? Are they there? Um, I have in my system on the USPTO office itself, I have on my own login when I file the trademarks and I put little, uh, you could save like your collections, right? So I have like notifications on each one of the marks that pop up, right? So at least that helps me to understand it. And then it's simple, like, unfortunately, it's simple, like Google searches, which is tough, but you have to stay up to date with it. Um, because as always, you know, the tech space specifically is so far ahead of the government that the government's not going to be able to keep up with all that. So it's a lot of your own homework, but it's part of doing business. Like, I mean, that's, that's what you need it for. Um, if you don't want to do it and you're not worried and you don't, you don't care about it, not that you don't care about it, but you don't have the time to do it, then yeah, hire somebody to do it and we'll do, we'll look over it for you, you know? How long does it take to get that trademark? I, I've heard it takes a, like, it could take longer than a year. It takes a long time. Um, and it, it's gotten better recently, right? Uh, of course, with COVID, um, everything in the world was delayed. So it was definitely a backlog of a lot of trademarks that went through that they just didn't have any people working there. Um, but it takes at least eight to 12 months, right? If we file, normally the timeline I give that it's like, what are we in September? If we file September today, uh, we're going to hear back from the office probably in like July of next year, right? As to just starting the process of the examiner actually looking over your application, right? And then what happens is that it depends because if there's any errors in the application, they'll send you an office notice, which means that I have to respond and fix the error. Now, it takes a while, but I don't want people to get discouraged because the office, and I'll give you a quick, a quick example, the office is very, very helpful. These are attorneys that want you to succeed and people that want you to succeed, right? Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I'm a retired police officer. So I used to be a cop in New York for 12 years. And um, I've been in tons of federal questionings, tons of like NYPD questionings, more than I like to admit, right? And in those questionings, I dealt with a lot of lawyers all the time in court cases, right? But those lawyers are always trying to find where I lied, right? I didn't, but they're always trying to find a way to see if I lied or not, if I was really telling the truth, how to get me, how to catch me. When I started dealing with the attorneys, for the trademark office, it was a completely different vibe because they're like, you wrote this on the application or your client wrote this on the application. We suggest that you don't use these words. We suggest you use these words because that's what's going to get you the trademark. Mm -hmm. so, so it's a different, it's a whole different animal with them. And it's, um, it's really helpful to, and really great to be able to sit there and put your trademark in. And if you make an error, you mess up, they'll help you. Like literally, if you don't hire the attorney at all and you do it on your own, they will help you and walk you through the process as to what you need to get done. So don't be discouraged by the timeline either. What are the common mistakes that businesses make when trademarking for their businesses? Um, I'd say a few things. Okay. One is the search, not doing the search, right? Saying we're mm -hmm. going to file this company, we're going to create it. And just because I think it's a cool name doesn't mean somebody else hasn't used it, right? That's one. Uh, the second thing is definitely like um, choosing a, a, a descriptive name or like a generic name, like, um, I don't know, like law office. I'm going to I'm going to trademark law office. Like, you know, what's the point? Like, how, how is that distinctive? Like, that's just two words. Right. Um, also, I would say, unfortunately, using a cheap service, um, there are services out there that are great. They definitely are. There are also services out there that will charge you 
three to four to five hundred dollars. If you see that, I suggest you don't do it because unfortunately, there's also a lot of scams in this space, as with everything. And the USPTO is trying to crack down on a lot of scams. But as a, a friend of mine um, recently found out, unfortunately, he paid for one of those services and um, it was a scam. Like I literally sent him the notice from the USPTO's office that showed that it was a scam. And so he lost out on you know a couple hundred dollars and it sucks to have to go through that. So I think it's definitely like doing the right name search, um, choose, not choosing a like general descriptive name, be creative, be like the more creative you are, the better for you. You're, you're going to get it. The more creative of a person, the more creative you think of a name for your business, you're probably going to get it. Right. Um, so I think like those three areas are, are, are common mistakes that I've seen a lot. That's very interesting. Now, Pablo, tell me this, because, you know, we've met during these Web3 crypto events. Right now, the market is a bit like a doozy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but tell me, uh, you've been in this field, right? You're talking about trademarks and whatnot, attorneys. Is it still very, I'm using the word taboo, but is it still like when you talk to your colleagues, are they like, why are you doing this kind of stuff, Pablo? Like why crypto? Why Web3? Is it still weird for people? It, it is, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, you know, I'm in a group, I'll give you a great example. I'm in a group of attorneys that, that we've been in it for a few years, right? There's a good group of about 30 to 40 of us. And we see each other at events. We talk every day through our group chat, right? And we're really involved in this. But that's a tiny portion of the legal community that really understands it, right? So we had an event um, this April, early in the year, with attorneys, right? And I was giving a panel on intellectual property, right? And discussing all the issues of intellectual property in the Web3 space specifically. And there was a question posed by an attorney that was in the crowd. And she had years, like I'm talking 25 years experience as an attorney in technology, in the internet, right? And the question she asked us in the middle of it, she was like, well, I don't see the big thing about NFTs. Why can't I just copy and paste the NFT and I own it? Who cares? And I, I laughed because I didn't know what to do because I'm sitting there thinking like, we spoke about this a year and a half, almost two years ago, we were, had this conversation and we shut it down within seconds. And yet they're still bringing it up years later. So it's a very um, interesting space in that it's gotten me opportunities that I've never had before. Right. Like I've been able to travel to three continents uh, speaking about crypto regulations and how to start your business in it um, in three languages in English, Spanish and Spanglish, because I speak I get stuck in between right often um, meeting a lot of great people. Right. So it's definitely been like worth it. And it's definitely a, a really awesome journey. It's just that um, I wish that like FTX didn't happen i kind of i'm kind of not i'm not happy it happened but i'm kind of happy that it woke a lot of people up right the result of it um but those conversations around ftx people automatically assume crypto and they and with uh scams it's just it goes one in one now yeah i'm a scammer oh yeah i'm a scammer on oh TikTok. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> i i literally i i was in um i was in this political conference in puerto rico after FTX happened, like a week or two after it happened. And I was telling people, oh, I'm working in crypto now. This is what I'm... These are people that have known me for years. They've known my mother for years. Like they've known us. And they're saying, oh, you're working in that scam now, huh? 
And I would look at them and I'm like, I'm a retired cop. I'm an attorney. You know me like for 10 years. Why would you assume I'm working in any scams? Like, where does that even come out from? You know? So I'm sure you get that too. Yeah, I'm a complete scammer. I don't even tell people what to buy. I just like, I talk about this stuff, but I'm a scammer. So it's, uh, there are days where it's more difficult, I would say for a creator to like look at the comments and it's like, I'm a scammer. It's like, oh God, let's go back to the drawing board. But I would say, Pablo, it's interesting that this attorney had said, why can't I just right click save? How did you answer that? Because that's something that sometimes I'm just like, I roll my eyes and I'm like, where do I start? Because that's something to be said too. It's so easy for people to attack us because it does take us more than a minute to explain why it's not. So what was your, or if you can tell us, like what was the answer to sort of explain to this person why it's not as easy as right-click Well, I was trying to explain to her and I was saying that, look, the... NFT is not what you own, right? You own just the token that authentically says you own that NFT. And so I was telling her, I'm like, well, it's not that simple where I can just copy and paste it and then now I own it. It doesn't work that way. Um, if you did, if you don't have that actual token that's attached to that NFT, then you're not the owner of it. So that that piece, right? That little piece there, she that was the hard part for her. It wasn't even that, because even after I explained it to her, then we kind of got into a conversation of like, well, what do you mean by a token? And what do you mean? But what is the token attached to? How do I get the token? How do I know that um, the token is real, right? Like, what is a smart con? So it yeah. went down a deep dive rabbit hole, which I'm not actually mad at because that's the only way you educate people is through through um, conversations like that and people asking questions that don't understand it. I wish it would have come off as a little bit different than an attack. But, you know, it is what it is. It takes a lot for, you know, even my girlfriends who were like, you know, why are you into this stuff? And it, it's most of the time it's, well, how long do you have? Right. Because yeah. this is true, not only because I've spoken to a lot of women in crypto and I always ask them, you know, why aren't your girlfriends talking about this? Like we're talking about this. And, you know, a lot of women have told me, well, because a lot of women don't have a lot of time. Right. But I would say the same is true for everybody. Nobody has a lot of time right now. And this stuff takes time. I mean, even before I even purchased my very first NFT, I did months of research, months of homework, dive deep, got into many conversations online, spoke to people. And I would still say today, I still don't trust everything I see. Right. So. How do we make this easier? I mean, you're in this space, I'm in this space, but I'm always constantly thinking to myself, how are we going to get the masses to care when it takes us such a long time to even wrap their heads around all the stuff we're trying to explain? So the way, and I've had this conversation in the space consistently, right? How do we improve this? How do we get this tech? How do we improve the communication so people understand what we're talking about, right? And um a friend of mine, Abby from uh, from crypto, well, formerly from Crypto Mondays in New York, he put it best to me in a conversation we had, where he said, uh, "I tell I tell companies that advise all the time to stop creating space ghosts, right? Now, space ghosts for people that don't know, space ghosts was a, a cartoon on Cartoon Network. Uh, I don't know, twenty years ago, something like that. It was a really awesome cartoon. But he was the point of it that we had the conversation we had was that people will create a solution for crypto." that nobody has a problem to. We have to realize too that like a few things, not everything needs to be solved with NFTs because there's some things that just, we don't need to do that. We don't need to create a smart contract for everything, 
That's one thing. Two is uh, the Space Coast problem, where it's basically that like we're so focused on the technology, right, behind the product that people get lost in it. They don't understand what you're talking about, right? Um, so it leads us to the, mm -hmm. the solution that I think we need to do, which is simple language, right? Um, give people the information, only what they really need to know to get into the product. Don't go down the rabbit hole of explaining every single piece to them. Um, a good example that I like to give of that are emails and SMS, right? I use emails every day. I text message every day. If you ask me to talk, to explain to anybody how they work, I have no idea. I really don't. I have no idea how my email works. All I know is I write and I click send and it works. And that's all I care about. Um, I don't care about my text messages work, all the group chats I'm in. I don't know how yeah. it works. I don't care how it works, right? So it's the same idea where, with me anyway, where it's like, if you're going to create a company that's going to provide a solution to a problem in crypto, let's talk about the solution, right? Let's talk about the problem. But I don't think we need to go down the rabbit hole of how the technology will work at every single specific step, because if that's too much information, then maybe you should think it back, right? Like, let's be simple. Let's be clear. I solve yeah. this problem using crypto. You go and you buy this token. You go and you buy this NFT. And this is the solution that it provides to people. And that's it. Let's keep it simple as that. I love it. Now, Pablo, yeah. before we go, I know that you are also offering, if I'm not mistaken, 20 minutes. You are giving people consultations. Maybe talk to us a bit about this too, because I think a lot of people... Sure. Yeah, have questions, right? And maybe yeah. they don't want to email you, but maybe they'll they'll be willing to chat with you. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I always say that, like, I've I've been studying the law since I was twenty, right? I mean, I was a police officer at twenty one, uh, retired, became a, an attorney, studying the law through law school for a couple of years as I was a cop. And so, uh, what I figured out in, in I'm forty now. What I figured out in the last twenty years of my life, what I like to do is solve people's problems, right? That's just plain and simple. Whatever job it is, I don't care. As long as I'm solving problems, then I feel good about myself. And that's what I really like to do with this and trademark specifically. What I want to do is I'm offering people 20 minutes free to talk to me um, about their trademark issues specifically at first. Right. And then let it kind of fall into any other legal issues that may come out through the conversation. But let's talk about your mark. Right. And you can uh, find more information on sidehustle.law. That's the website. Uh, I'm going to be updating my website uh, this week where I'm actually integrating it to HubSpot. It's taken up another level. Uh, I've created a, a free strategy guide. Um, it's a comprehensive strategy guide that people can come onto the website, sign up for. And even if we don't talk, at least you get a free resource that you can understand a little bit more about this. And then maybe down the line when you're ready, we can have a conversation 20 minutes for free. Um, it could be through video or it could just be through a regular old conversation through the phone. Uh, whatever you're at, whatever works for you. And let's start the process. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'll be able to put all the links down below. You know, I've said this throughout all my episodes for Girl in the Verse podcast. Please, I do not DM you. Pablo's not going to DM you. Please no. make sure that the links I you see below. Yeah. <laughs> These are the only links that we are referring to. We're not going to write to you. We're not going to ask you what crypto you're trading. I mean, Pablo, I keep having to say this, but yeah. it's important to do it this is. work, right? D-Y-O-R every single time. The links, the free guide, the website, I'm going to be able to put this all down below. 
I'm also, you know, while I'm here, why not also say, if you're a creator, you're looking for tips, you're looking to figure out how you can start selling products, how you can start getting more comfortable in front of a camera, all this and more. I've been teaching a lot of the creators, especially in web three, how to do exactly this step-by-step. -step. If you want to join my Creativerse hub, I'm also going to put the link down below with Pablo's free resource there. And uh, as always, I always say the funniest conversations are happening up in the DMs, right? So please come find us. I'm going to put Pablo's Twitter handle down below as well, but yep. come find me, uh, your girl in the verse here. Come find me on X, come find me on threads, come find me on Instagram, come find me on TikTok, yeah, on ev every, everything. <laughs> we are on every platform. Pablo's also on, yeah. we're all on LinkedIn. Just yeah, come find us. Um, and we would be so eternally grateful. Of course, if you have more trademarking questions, I would also invite you to drop it in the comments down below and we could potentially get Pablo to come back in a future oh, episode yeah. to answer them. That'd be so great. So, um, yeah. I do want to, you know, leave everyone with this. I think Pablo's made it very clear. You can have a business, you can have a LLC, LLC, but if, if your name or your image, your logo is really, really precious to you, then it's important that you do this work. It's important you do this step. And I always say, Pablo, it's like, if it's going to take eight, 12 months, there's no time like right now to get it done. Cause then you, you still have to wait. Right. So it, if, if, and I, you're hundred percent correct. Um, and I just got to, I got to shout you out too, because I fell in love with the videos that you were doing, which was like the, the weekly, like crypto, like wrap ups for the week. I saw those and I'm not going to lie to you, every single uh, client that I've had that was looking for somebody like that to come on board and help them. I was like, oh, you got to see the girl the verse. You got to go to her. No, no, no. She's killing it. She's killing it. So it was amazing. Um, and I'm going to leave it with basically saying that also that uh, if you want to have an iconic brand, then you have to think iconic, right? We have to think, uh, we have to pay attention to what those iconic brands have done and replicate that. Uh, Apple, you go to Apple's page, they're super serious about their trademark. They have 10 web pages dedicated to this, all the things you could do. So it's something that you should take serious um, as part of your business. I love that. Well, thank you again, Pablo, for being here. And as always, you're welcome to come back anytime. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye, everyone. Thanks again. Bye.